0: Alright, what is up, gang? This is your boy Mel, a.k.a. Naldo Formula One, and you are now tuned into the Naldo F1 podcast. This is episode 19, and I did it, (laughs) y'all. We did it, Joe. Your boy did it, man. I went to the U.S. Grand Prix at COTA on the outskirts of Austin, Texas, and it was absolutely fantastic, man. I I wouldn't trade that experience for the world. I'm I'm just gassed that. I got the opportunity to be there. Again, shout out to my boy Eric for hooking up the tickets, man. We got the the telly hooked up right. You know what I'm saying? Um, we were staying right in the domain area, had the shuttle passes hooked up back and forth to the track. But, you know, we're going to get into all of that good stuff later. Uh, what an experience, man. Yeah, let me just start by let's get the uh, the housekeeping out of the way. And if you're listening to this or watching this on YouTube, pause the episode for a quick second after I say what I need to say right now and just go ahead and subscribe to the show. If you're on YouTube, it's right there. Just click the red subscribe button, hit the bell for the notification so you know every time I drop. If you're listening to this on audio platforms, make sure that you follow or subscribe to the show or add the show to your library, whatever app you're listening to, this is available on all platforms. Download the episode, that's key, download the episode for me, just show me a little bit of love, like I said, if you ain't smashing all those likes and subscribes, man, you're a hater, just like I said last episode, but yeah, let's go ahead and uh, get right into the actual nitty gritty of the weekend, man, it was, what an experience, so me and my fiance drove up to Dallas on Thursday evening, and we kind of rested up Thursday night and me and my boy Eric headed out to Austin Friday morning or like early afternoon Friday. So unfortunately due to timing circumstances and like some extenuating stuff, we weren't able to make qualifying on Friday, which broke my heart a little bit, but it's okay. I still watched it. Um And we still got to actually go to the track on Friday. We just missed qualifying by a little bit. And Boy, what an experience just taking in, like, the whole, like, aura of the circuit and being able to, like, just see the track in person and identify all the corners that I'm so familiar with from seeing on TV and playing the F1 game and being on simulators and stuff like that. You think that you learn the track so well, but you just don't get those little nuances When you're driving on simulators or watching it on tv like the track has way more camber and undulation than i originally thought it literally looks kind of like a roller coaster circuit um we tried to pretty much circle the entire grounds for the most part over the course of the weekend not in one day because the facility is absolutely humongous i mean the track is a little less than three and a half miles and the facility is surrounding that so it was that is was the theme of the weekend was we did an absolute shit ton of walking. Like, if you're ever going to COTA or pretty much any F1 circuit for the most part, unless you have, like, grandstand tickets, and even if you do, you're probably going to be doing a lot of walking, like a lot, a lot. Like, I genuinely feel like I walked maybe pretty close to 10 miles over the course of the whole weekend. Like, it was a lot of walking. My legs are still sore, and this is Tuesday evening. So we got back on Monday evening yesterday, rested up. I did not feel like recording yesterday. I didn't have the energy to do anything. I unpacked, but just barely. So, yeah, Friday was an experience. We got to go to the merch stands and pay for a lot of overpriced (laughs) merchandise. But, you know, you get that experience of buying it at the track, and so that piece becomes sentimental to you, and it holds, like, a value that's bigger than just, oh, I just got a Mercedes shirt or I got a hat or I got my fiance, like a McLaren hoodie and like a Lewis Hamilton shirt. And it just holds a little bit more value when you actually buy it at the track because it becomes an experience, not just a thing that you have. And so that was cool. I knew what I was getting myself into too. I knew all the merchandise would be overpriced versus what you could get online. But that wasn't really the point, was it? The point was to go to COTA. and, cf1 in person have the experience um of just taking all of it in in uh in person pause <laughs> so yeah it was a great weekend though well uh we'll get into the nitty-gritty of the weekend a little bit later on in the actual racing but yeah it, it, it uh okay um refocus reset reboot Sorry, I'm just a little still depressed over the results. If you're listening to this, to then this, you've probably already heard that Lewis and Charles both got disqualified for the weekend, or not for the weekend, but for Sunday's race due to a technical infringement on their skid planks on the bottom of the cars, had a little too much wear on it, and by a little, I mean like tenths of a millimeter. But yeah, I mean, we're talking like microns here and they've gained basically no performance advantages whatsoever. But that's besides the point. We're talking about just the overall my USGP experience. And so, yeah, Friday was great, uh, walking the grounds uh, and seeing all of those famous turns, turn one. Turn 11 was a great spot to view uh, the track. Turn 15 was really cool, like the long, like triple apex or apex right-hander. Corner it was really cool seeing the cars go through there. Uh, we saw a little bit of the other uh, feeder series or support series over the weekend. Porsche Cup was there this weekend, so it was cool seeing those cars. I'm just like a car guy, so it doesn't matter what kind of racing it is. I'm interested. Um, F1 Academy Series was there, and um, I think the F1 Acad- Academy Championship was secured this weekend as well um let me pull this up so I'm not misquoting anything but while I pull this up you can continue talking um yeah it was such a cool experience just seeing all of these famous corners and then it was the evening time too so the track is beautiful as the sun starts to set and um yeah just Friday was more so about just Taking it all in and kind of prepping myself. I wanted to be there for qualifying. Unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to to make it on time. Um, yeah, it was just, it, it was, it was a lot. And I was just gassed the whole time. I felt like I was shell shocked. Uh, Saturday was a big day. So we had the sprint shootout on Saturday as well as the um, sprint race on Saturday So that was a cool experience. Long day. It was hot as hell, man. Uh, I kid you not. Like, I was so happy that the weeks before I was checking the weather and like, oh, what do I need to pack? What do I need to wear? And, you know, I'm trying to put that shit on just a little bit. But, and they're telling me, oh, like the highs are going to be in the low 80s and lows are going to be like the 70s. So I'm like, perfect. It's going to be a nice breeze. Austin has a lot of hills. So, you know, that breeze is going to come through real nice. I'm going to be able to, you know, put some nice pants on, you know, my Mercedes gear, my Lewis gear. I'm going to have that shit on. Uh, minus the shoes, of course, because I had my walking shoes on. I was just, I took beaters to to Austin with me. I didn't wear no, no dripped out shoes because it was, like I said, it was a shit ton of walking. And Um, yeah, it didn't end up being that at all. It was hot, man. I think Friday and Saturday it was both above the 90s, and then Sunday it was right at 90. And you couldn't tell me that it wasn't 90 while we were out there because on that hillside when you're in GA, um, I don't know if I announced that, but we were in GA, so we had, like, the grounds passes. And so we had areas to basically post up where we could bring, like, lawn chairs and stuff like that out and kind of hang out and kind of be in the the grassroots no pun intended of like racing and really getting that full experience of like the the the, your average f1 fan and it was really really cool definitely would do it again um would hope that next time i do it it would be a little cooler. Uh I think I'm probably going to shoot for grandstand tickets or at least bleacher tickets next time so I can actually have like an assigned area to sit in because that's kind of tough. That's probably the toughest part of the whole weekend when you have just ground passes is trying to navigate finding somewhere to sit. Like we ended up going to turn 1 at one point but like turn 1 just trying to sit there during like the sessions is impossible like that's where everybody's at and i think the attendance um was over the whole weekend i think it was just at about a half a million maybe a little bit less i think it was like 440 or 450 but still like you packing that many people into one area is just absolutely insane so yeah we really didn't even try with term 1 um just because I knew that we weren't on the type of timing needed to be at turn one with decent seats. So turn one, I mean, the grounds, the gates open at eight every day. And so they're and from what I heard from people just overhearing them talk, like people were at the gates waiting at 8am waiting for them to open, which I think is absolutely mental. I don't know if I'm that dedicated at that point. I'd rather just pay and get the grandstand tickets and know that I'm having a signed seat, Wherever I go, no matter what time I show up to the session, but still seeing the 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 cars fly by, man, it was such a cool experience. Seeing that speed in person, getting to smell the the burnt rubber and the the fuel, it was such an such a cool experience. I think that's something that I'm gonna take away and associate with F1 probably for the rest of my life. Is just like the smell of that burnt rubber and while they're going through the tire or while they're going through the corners and the smell of the exhaust and the fumes and stuff like that. I know that sounds kind of crackhead ish, but just bear with me. You know what I'm talking about when you get that smell and you associate it with a certain point in time in your life, like your grandma's house has a certain smell or like your childhood home had a certain smell or whatever. Uh, You know exactly what I'm talking about, but it was so cool getting to, to to experience all of that um the cars are absolutely math like works of art like they're masterpieces i'm at a loss for words even trying to describe them i will say one, one of my biggest takeaways was how large the cars are like they're way bigger than i expected um just as far as like length and then even like the width, pause, just pause. Go ahead, get it out the way, get the giggles and all of that out of the way. But yeah, the cars are are long. They're much like longer than your average road car. I wouldn't say much, but they're significantly longer than your average road car, and they're wide. Man, they're probably about five feet wide, and so. I just wasn't expecting them to look like that in person. Like they just look so small on TV and like in the simulators and stuff like that. You feel like you're driving like this little go-kart type thing when in reality you're driving like this humongous like damn near a fighter jet on wheels is what I likened it to. Like seeing them – especially seeing them go through the S's section – When when they're going through that right, left, it was they carry so much speed, especially compared to like the F1 Academy series. And speaking of the F1 Academy, I did find that information. So Marta Garcia, uh, shout out to Marta Garcia for taking the inaugural F1 Academy title yeah it was cool seeing that in person i wasn't able to actually like identify who was who in the cars just because i'm not that familiar with f1 academy yet but it was good to see people still hanging out during that time period to actually watch and i think george lewis and carlos stayed after their sessions to watch f1 the f1 academy race and qualifying and stuff like that which was really cool to see and and, uh, shout out to them for supporting uh i know Susie wolf uh, has been super like, integral in the creation and maintaining of F1 Academy. And hopefully this means that we're one step closer to potentially seeing a woman in F1 like as a whole and actually be a full-time racer. Uh, there's been a couple women that have gotten practice sessions in F1 cars, but nobody yet that is able to actually get a full-time seat and a full-time contract. Yeah, so shout out to Marta Garcia for taking <clears throat> the inaugural F1 champion or F1 Academy Championship, and back to uh, Formula One and just kind of the COTA experience. So then there was uh, that was pretty much the sprint race. Sprint race was exciting. It was at five o'clock local time, like Austin Central Time, and seeing that sunset and the way the sun bounced out the cars and stuff like that. It was just amazing. Um, I will say now I kind of understand why drivers pick like brighter colors often because when like in in person it's they're hard to identify man especially cuz there's two of each car so when they're flying by like you're keeping up with the positions and trying to you're like okay I know Max is first Lewis is second Lando's third so you kind of have like you kind of know okay the first Red Bull that goes by that's Max and Lewis was pretty easy. Lewis, I think, was probably the most easily identifiable driver because he has the bright yellow crash helmet with the bright yellow gloves, um, and his numbers on the car are bright yellow, so they pop off the black car really easily. And so I kind of would use process of elimination to identify the car. So okay, Max flies by. Okay, that's the first Red Bull. That's obviously Max. And then Lewis, as I just said with the bright colors, is easily identifiable um Lando um was easy because Oscar was out on like lap two of the feature race so I'm like okay well the only McLaren that's obviously Lando um Shaw was kind of easy because the green helmet the special edition green helmet that he wore this weekend popped a lot off of the red Ferrari so it was easy to see him and then their numbers are white so it, the numbers kind of really stood out, and they were easily I, like the Ferraris are pretty easily identifiable. But like I would say, like the midfield to the back markers, I couldn't tell who's who, especially like the Hasses, the Williams, and the Alpha bales Like their numbers are really dark on the car, and the area where the numbers are at on the car is is dark as well, so it doesn't really give any contrast. So it's really hard to see. And, like, I bullshit you not, the way that the cars were carrying speed through the corner and, like, trying to watch them, I'm, like, doing this, like, the whole time, like, trying to get my eyes to carry and watch where, like, what they're doing and identifying. But, yeah, like, especially on, like, lap one and probably pretty much, like, the first five laps when the cars are really, really close together, it's literally, like, and they're just flying by you right in front of your face. And it's just, like hilarious like like it was such a like surreal experience but it was so cool at the same time and the crowd was great the cheers were loud obviously the drivers can't really hear the crowd when they're in the car because you got that big engine behind you and you got your earplugs in the team is talking to you and you're just you're you're tunnel vision focused so they're not really paying attention to the crowd but it was cool though um It was absolutely maxed out there, like shoulder to shoulder. You can tell it's the evening when I'm recording. I literally just got off work and hopped straight into it, trying to get this in. Um, NBA season starts tonight, so I'm trying to finish this up before, um, not necessarily before the game starts, but to the point to where I can at least watch a good majority of the game. so yeah it was it was just a so real experience man i'm I'm so appreciative and so grateful that I got that opportunity to go out there and see those cars in person um I do understand what people are saying and the fact that sometimes the experience of going to f one can be a little bit like underwhelming just as far as like you don't get the viewing experience that you do in um from like viewing it at home and you don't get the full scope of the race so like I watched the race but I don't understand the race the way that probably some of you guys do at home that actually got to sit back and watch and you got the camera cutting to different cars like you only get to see them pretty for the most part at whatever point you're at on the track so if I was at turn 11 turn 11 had a good view of like turn one and like the SS section and then a little bit of the last sector but you only get to really see the cars where you're at. You don't really get to see what's going on around the track at all times. There were some screens around the track. I, that's probably my biggest gripe with COTA is I wish that they put more screens, especially in the common viewing areas, so that you could see the, the race broadcast while you're watching the race because... It's actually a pretty big gap from when like the cars go by to when you see them again. Like I know like each lap is probably I think the race laps they were doing in the 140s. So it's like a minute 40 before you see the car again. But that it feels like a really long time before you see the cars again. And then turn 15, I think you can see up to turn one a little bit. You can see like the exit of turn one and see them come down that hill into the S section, then you don't see them again until they break pretty much right in front of your face. But overall, it was a great experience. I would definitely do it again. Um, I want to kind of hopefully progress up through the ticket rankings and like, okay, next year we get bleach receipts, or maybe not next year because I'm probably going to be getting married around that time. And I say probably I will be getting married around that time. Like the debt is our – when I said probably, I meant like, depending on where they put the date and, um, the date of the race, not the date of my wedding, that's already set. And I may or may not go depending on what the the funds are looking like during that time period, you know, weddings are pricey. And so I'm, I'm, I'm penny pinching right now, probably for the next like nine months, I'm going to be really, really penny pinching so, who knows but definitely twenty twenty five I'm gonna try to go back um or who knows I could go to Miami or Vegas and just kind of see that what that's talking about, but yeah, I would definitely do it again would definitely recommend um it's a great experience, and code is an absolutely fantastic track uh one thing one big takeaway that I did have was it seems like a lot of the people that were there, and maybe this wasn't the majority, maybe this is just the people that I met, um, it seems like they were there just kind of as a perk from their corporate job, so maybe they worked for a team or for a uh, company that sponsored one of the teams, and so the company ended up getting tickets, and they just kind of give them out to the employees, and the employees are kind of like, oh, well, shit, it's something to do, so I might as well like try to check it out. And that's that's cool, too, but I was hoping to meet more like actual fans like me that were really passionate about the sport and just enjoy watching f one in general and not necessarily are here just as something to do and but overall, I think the crowd was really good. I know there was like some stuff bouncing around online about uh the crowd booing Max when he was on the podium and Then somebody came out and said Greg Abbott, the uh, governor of Texas, was on the podium giving away the trophies, and that's who they were booing and not necessarily Max. But I can see it going both ways. Uh, Most people in Texas, unless you're like way, way out there, um, and if you know what I mean by way, way out there, yeah, unless you're way, way out there, they usually don't support Abbott, so that could be the case, but I know Mac this wouldn't have been the first time that Max got booed on the top step of the podium, especially because Lewis was so, so close to to getting that first race victory in almost two years, man. I think it's um, we're coming up on two years to the date of his last uh, race victory, which absolutely depresses me, but there are guys out there whose favorite driver, favorite team haven't won a race since they've been alive, so... I can't complain too much. Lewis has a plethora of victories to go back on, so I know he'll come good at some point. Um, Yeah, so let's get into the actual racing. That was pretty much my experience. I don't think there's really anything else. Um, I am happy that the UT Longhorns were not in town. They did beat my, my UH Cougars, my, my alma mater school. I'm still pretty pissed about that because I feel like we got fleeced, and I'm just gonna continue moving on because I don't really want to get back into it because it's gonna piss me off all over again. And this was just a rough weekend for me sports wise. Um, yeah, it was an it was an amazing race. Uh, it seemed like anybody could have won the race, especially for the first half. Now, once Max got into the lead, it looked a little a little tricky. But yeah, it seemed like at the beginning of the of Sunday, it could have been anybody's race. Shaw kinda bottled it off the line. Um, not necessarily his fault as far as where he finished with like being disqualified, but even before he got disqualified, he finished sixth from pole, which kind of sucked, but Ferrari pretty much screwed him over with the strategy. And I'm officially started the uh free Shaw campaign. Man, I'm I'm I feel so sad for Shaw, man. It seems like it's just like that abusive relationship that you can't get out of at this point. Like Ferrari are just continually just giving him the blues every single weekend, whether it be bad strategies or the car fails him or it's just somebody crashes into him. Now, there have been a couple of instances of Charles like bottling it on his own, but a lot of the times it was just. incident after incident after incident that is not under his control and it's just wearing you down i actually saw a clip from another podcast i don't remember the name of it but they did f1 and their guest on there was talking about how people are beginning to have these conversations of oh is carlos better than charles or why is carlos outperforming charles and he put it into this analogy of uh, working in retail. And I thought it was absolutely perfect. And that Charles is that retail employee that you, has been there for years and they know that the job sucks ass and the manager's screwing you over, over and over again. And they're just completely like jaded by the situation and completely kind of mentally checked out from the situation. They still are, you know that they're high performers And that they have the capabilities to do the job very well. But the job is just proven over and over again that they don't give a shit about them. So they're like, why am I going to continue to put my energy into this? And then Carlos is that new employee that comes in where they make one good sale or whatever. And then the manager is like, see, see, you should have that attitude of them right there. And it's like, no, they don't understand that this job fucking sucks. And they'll get there eventually. But I do think that where Carlos does have an advantage is that Carlos is a lot more assertive with the team than Charles is. And I wish Charles was more like this. I wish Charles would basically just like put his foot down and tell the team, hey, well, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing the one-stop strategy. I'm not going to pit right now or you need to pit me right now, whatever. Because Carlos does stuff like that. Carlos will say, oh, no, I think we need to do the two-stop. Like, I want to do the two-stop. Or, no, I don't want to go on to hard tires. I want to go on to the medium tires. And Charles just needs to be a little bit more aggressive with the team and more assertive. And I know it can be intimidating because it's Ferrari and that's the team they grew up loving. And so you kind of put them on this pedestal to the point of where, like, you feel – intimidated to try to put yourself above the team. But to be honest, that's what all the championship drivers did. Max, Lewis, Vettel, Schumacher, Alonzo, all of them had this aura of I'm bigger than the team and I'm the guy and y'all need to work around me. And I think if is ever going to get to the point of being – the guy in this future world champion that everybody believes that he could be. I think that he get he needs to reach that level of assertiveness to tell the team, no, this is what I want to do. This is what I feel like is best. And this is what we're going to move forward with. And not saying that the team are never right because they have gotten some strategy calls right this season, but it's seeming like it's becoming a trend of not being able to make the right calls at the right time. So, that's just kind of my takeaway from from Ferrari's race. Uh, Max, starting from P6, after getting his lap time deleted and qualifying, uh, he probably would have took pole with that lap. And I don't know, really know what else to say. It's the same shit that we see from Max every weekend. It doesn't matter where he starts. He drives straight through the field as if they don't exist, ends up in first, and then once he's in first, there's no stopping him after that. Uh, Lando... Lando had a pretty good race. Uh, I think that Lewis is just better at Coda. Coda is one of his best tracks. I mean, with this disqualification, this ends an eight-year streak of being on the podium at Coda for Lewis. This is just one of his better tracks. Like here, Brazil, um, Hungary, the U.K., like Spain. I mean, damn near all the tracks, to be honest. Like he's gotten multiple wins at pretty much every track that we have on the calendar. But, yeah, I think Lewis is just – had better pace than Lando this weekend. But Lando had a good performance. He ended up getting promoted to P2 after um, both the disqualifications. And then Lewis, man, yeah, it was tough sledding for him. Um, I think Mercedes absolutely screwed him over with the strategy, and that's kind of where I'm going to go on a rant where I am just absolutely frustrated with this nonsense every weekend from Mercedes the team they used to be a team of getting the strategy calls right every single time and being machine like in that okay we make this decision we roll with it it's the right decision every single time they get the right outcome and now it just kind of seems like they're just doing willy-nilly whatever bro and it's making me fucking mad like it's driving me insane these fucking slow ass pit stops bro like get this shit together, bro. You're costing him so much time, and not even just him, but George too. With like with these average ass pit stops, they're not even average at this point. They're just so, they're just slow. Like this 3.6 seconds pit stops. You're constantly losing a second to your competitors every single time you have to pit stop, bro. Like it's 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 maddening, bro. That how you can't how an entity that large is unable to get their pit stops right consistently red bull mclaren even ferrari putting in 2.3 2.4 second pit stops hell mclaren put in a 1.8 second pit stop last race in uh qatar Red Bull have constantly set records for being able to do the fastest pit stop. Those tenths of a second, those seconds matter. When you're, when you got your rivals putting in 2.2 second pit stops and you're putting in a 3.6 second pit stop, that's costing you time over the course of the race. And that's costing you even track position to certain drivers because of overcuts and undercuts. And so it's frustrating the shit out of me to watch this every single weekend where these guys just don't perform at the level that they need to perform this is this is a high level sport this is intensity it's cutthroat if the drivers don't perform guess what they get them out of there and i'm sorry but the same needs to be held for the pit crews if the pit crews aren't getting their job done and performing these pit stops to the at least an average standard you got to go i'm sorry we got to bring in new crews and yeah, I don't know if I've ever been this frustrated on a, on this podcast before, but it's driving me absolutely nuts. These strategy calls—the first thing they should have brought Lewis in earlier. You cost the race by doing that. Now, granted, I would have been more hurt if Lewis had won the race and been disqualified after that. I probably would have been heartbroken. I don't even know if I would have been able to do this podcast. I'm already kind of like, damn, I never want to go back to Coda because I feel like I'm bad luck. But yeah, I, you cost you cost him a potential race victory. Because of your strategy calls, and it's starting to become a trend. Because it happened in Brazil, it happened in Zandvoort last year. What else? Where else did it happen? It happened in. Um, I feel like there was one more race. I think uh, Silverstone last year, he potentially could have won a race. Like it, there were so many races that he could have won that you ended up costing him the race victory because of these dumbass strategy calls. I think Hungary last year too. I think he came close to a race victory. Or no, maybe... No, that wasn't Hungry because George was on pole on Hungary last year. Lewis didn't qualify well in Hungary last year if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, regardless, you're, it's becoming a trend where you're costing race victories because of these dumbass strategy calls, man. And it's starting to piss me the hell off. And I'm not going to put too much onus on the team and blame on the team as far as the DSQ and the technical directive because... It's a one, it's a random selection. I still have my gripes about that because I feel like okay, they chose four cars to be randomly inspected. They chose Max, Lando, Charles, and Lewis to be randomly inspected. Charles and Lewis got disqualified. So that's two out of the four cars that you inspected, that's 50%. So if two of the four cars failed, shouldn't that trigger like a red flag and say, okay, we need to inspect all the cars. That's just all I'm saying. I'm not saying that Lewis and Charles shouldn't have been disqualified, even though it's it's tricky because we're literally talking about like microns, man, like tenths of a millimeter. Like I think they said Charles's plank was too worn by like four tenths of a millimeter. And I don't know if you can like picture how small... Like, think of how small a millimeter is. Like, grab a ruler if you have one and, like, think, okay, there's a centimeter, there's a millimeter, so just smaller than that, and then there's a tenth of a millimeter. Like, we're talking about, like, a speck of dust too damn worn. And so, yeah, like, it's just, I don't put that too much on the team because track conditions, the wind, anything can play a factor. Air pressure, anything of those things can play a factor uh, as to... Why the plank was more worn today than it was on, um, or not today, but on Sunday than it was on Saturday or Friday because they've been in Park Ferme since Friday, which I also don't like. I don't think that Park Ferme should be set until after Saturday because it's just not really like a fair, you don't get a chance to really fairly evaluate the car in one day through one practice session. I mean, think about it you're going from one practice or three practice sessions on a normal race weekend to one. And that's just, I don't really think that's fair to put on the teams. And I think that pro- I think half the grid probably would have been DSQ'd if they were to inspect all the cars. So yeah, I just, I don't really put that on the Mercedes team because there's a lot of other outside factors that can influence the plank being worn too much. And like I said, we're talking tenths of millimeters here. We're not talking about a huge amount of wear, on these, uh, these planes. And so that's my little FIA rant for today. And yeah, I think overall outside of that, the, the race was really good. I am happy with Mercedes performance. I think that it's very promising moving forward. They did bring upgrades this weekend and I do think that it brought the gap closer together to Red Bull. So hopefully these are signs and even not just Mercedes, but like Ferrari were there. Ferrari was on pole. The McLarens are right there. Aston brought upgrades and they were fucking nowhere, dude. I don't know what happened to them. Like, they seem like they're going in the wrong direction. And yeah, I just, I don't know what's up with them. But shout out to them, though. Their merch is crazy. Like, I love Aston's merch. That green with their sponsors. They got some cool sponsors. The Hugo Boss, like, all of that shit is tough as hell to me. I didn't get anything just because I was trying to stay within my budget. But yeah, like, all of their merch was so tough, man. So. Shout out to them for that. But their performance was absolute dog water, man. They were nowhere all weekend. And they brought big upgrades saying that they were hoping to get an idea of what their concept would be for 2024. And they were absolutely nowhere. So, yeah, that was just pretty tough to watch. But hopefully that this is promising that we're going to get some really close racing For the rest of the season and moving into 2024 and hopefully fingers crossed we can get a title fight for 2024 but yeah man i just wanted to take some time out this is gonna quick one this is a quick episode but i just wanted to take some time out man to chat with you guys and um really just break down my f1 experience it's starting to get dark and i don't really have proper lighting in here as well but yeah i appreciate you guys for uh for listening man as always And I will catch you guys on the next one. Peace.